Did I ever tell you that I showed up to the wrong graduation? Um, <laughs> no. I've never heard this story. To the wrong, like, your graduation? Yeah. Oh, my God. No. I mean, technically. <laughs> okay. So, PSU doesn't have all of their graduations at the same time. Obviously, it's a huge school. Oh, okay. Be. Okay. So they split it up by, like, School of Communication, School of Urban Science Studies, and... Okay. And I thought my major was in a different school. (laughs) So I showed up to the wrong graduation, and I was graduating with Brittany. Okay. And so we were like, oh, our graduation is at the same time, which was, like, three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh Lo and behold, I go there and find out my graduation was... At 9 a.m. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was pretty embarrassed by it, so I didn't tell anybody for a really long time. Uh But now the wound has healed. And so that's why I was asking if I ever told you about it. Oh, my God. So I found out at, like, 12 that I <laughs> was, I planned to show up to the wrong graduation. Maddie was there. My friend Madison uh-huh. was there. I had was having a meltdown, and she was like, how do you not check what school you're going to? And I was like, Maddie, I understand that I deserve to be reprimanded, but right now is not, <laughs> not a good fucking time. I'm freaking out. And so <laughs> me and Brittany, because she's graduating with me, mm-hmm. and Maddie fl- was with me because she flew yeah, in she f- from Wisconsin for to see your me. graduation. <laughs> and I have mercy. missed it. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun story to tell. And so we, sh- me and Brittany showed up early. I'm like in all of my regalia. I've seen pictures of you in all your beautiful... In your beautiful green robe, like, ready to do the damn thing. And we just asked somebody, and we were like, I was like, listen, I fucked up. (laughs) I showed up to the wrong graduation, and they were like, oh, it's fine, just choose what school you want to walk with, and then write your name on a card, and you're like, that's how (laughs) you'll get in, because we get our our degree Mm -hmm. shipped to us anyway, so it doesn't matter. But... It was really stressful. I ended up walking with the psychology majors, because that's what Brittany was. And I was like, well, if I can choose what school I'm going to walk with, I'm going to walk with my sister. Absolutely. But I was embarrassed the whole time. I didn't look up anywhere or look for anything. And so I didn't get a cord that Uh I was supposed to have, because I graduated with Latin honors. Uh So I just looked like a normal person who went to school (laughs) (laughs) without my cord. (laughs) And then I didn't find out about it until after. But I... As we're walking, we shake the hands of all of the psych professors. <laughs> and you can tell that they were just like So and I me and Brittany get confused as twins a lot. Absolutely. So it was either I've never seen this woman in my life or holy shit there were two of them. Did I <laughs> Did I not realize? <laughs> And you're shaking hands, going, thank you. And they're going, I don't know her. Yeah, exactly. They're- oh, my God. <laughs> so I never really, I, like, I didn't get to say goodbye to any of my professors. I didn't see anybody else <laughs> was in classes with. God. I was just at the wrong place. And that's my story. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did they... 
they didn't call your name then at your graduation. They did. They oh yeah. no because it, because it's such a big school that they just do it on the fly uh-huh. like as you because they're not gonna make you get in an order and there yeah. was no rehearsal, so they just slipped me in. <laughs> oh, and then my gosh. it got it got me thinking. I can just show up to every fucking graduation. <laughs> you sure could. You absolutely could. Thank you. I have a doctor right now. <laughs> I can just order the robes, get the pictures, and then <laughs> what are they going to do? I have a National Honor Society badge you can wear. <laughs> I'll grab another cord. Oh my god, just all of them just have like, like yeah. look like Mr. T <laughs> with cords. <laughs> like, I know everything bitches <laughs> decorated as fuck <laughs> that's amazing yeah oh what a good story thank you for sharing that <laughs> hello everyone hi <laughs> welcome to that broad got moxie <laughs> i'm kiana i'm I, cassie oh. i went to the wrong graduation she sure did i never went to the wrong graduation but you know there's still time i suppose <laughs> It wouldn't be unlike me. Did we already say Broad's got Moxie? Yeah. Or did we? In- okay. And we introduced yeah. ourselves. <sighs> so, so upset by this still. Yeah. I could see. <laughs> I knew you when I graduated. Yeah. I didn't tell anybody. You didn't? No. I kept it a goddamn I secret. I have seen <laughs> pictures of you at your graduation. <laughs> You're not graduation, I should say. Like... The whole thing. I was like, good for, way to go. Like, I talked to you well, two days after you graduated. I did graduate, to <laughs> be clear. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you... Shit, man. You must have kept that under lock and key for a hot minute. I was so embarrassed. Oh my god! And it was like, how fucking smart can she be? <laughs> <laughs> Who gave her a diploma? <laughs> Who gave that to me? I don't deserve it. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been terrible if you'd have walked up and explained the situation and then be like, you don't deserve it. Well, I would have, I was just afraid like they were going to be like, oh, sorry, you just can't walk. Uh-huh. And so I was just going to have to like sit in my robes in the audience right? And while like, my sister walked across Exactly. The but then afterwards take pictures like, yay, <laughs> just got my diploma. Great. I was a wreck. I like to do oh. in fifth grade. Uh-huh. I got a, <laughs> I got an award for academic achievement, oh. and the portfolio that I made for myself, uh-huh. I put three N's in my name. <laughs> so it's really like, <laughs> it's nerves. That's what we're gonna chalk it up to. It's all nerves. You get real hyped up. You can't say words. You can't spell words. You go to the wrong graduation ceremony. It's fine. You live and learn. Yeah, I worked on that portfolio three weeks before I was given that award and had to show it while I got it. Uh, You got to write it in pen or marker? I did bubble letters. Oh my god! (laughs) I was really into the ends that I was doing and just did one more. I get it, though. I've put more S's in my name on many occasions. Even just, like, casually... Like, sometimes when I'm signing my name to something, Mm -hmm. I just get real crazy. (laughs) There's, what are all those squiggles? It's double S's. That's what they are. It's triple double S's in there. Remember when you looked at my signature the other day and said there were no letters in it? (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) 
Uh, it's hilarious because I write my, it's my initials, mm-hmm. right? Yours is nothing. It's Here, just a you. bunch of loops. <laughs> You're like, there's clearly two Y's in there. And I was like, I don't see a letter. <laughs> and there then was- Danny writes her name fucking perfectly. <laughs> like she is in a penmanship class. It's perfect every time. Yeah. I don't have the time. My name is so goddamn long. No, it's... Hello! Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> forgot your name's not actually Danny. <laughs> and then Barsanti? That is three. Count them three syllables. No, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Danny's here. She's here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> forgot to... In case you were wondering. Mm-hmm. She's chilling. Mm-hmm. Straight thugging. On that futon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's get down to business. To defeat the Huns. Huh! <laughs> I can't fucking Sorry wait. If I screamed into the <laughs> I can't fucking wait for that movie to come out. I'm really excited. I'm too. so stoked. I it's love gonna Mulan. be good. Okay, so it is episode 51. Mm-hmm. So you're going first. Correct. Who are you talking about today? I'm going to talk to you today about Khadijah Sadiq. Oh, another Khadijah. Yeah. Oh. Weird thing. You can reuse names. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) So my sources today... Our Politics in Malaysia, oh, it's a book, so it's called Politics in Malaysia, The Malay Dimension by Edmund Terence Gomez, an article called Four Amazing Women in Malaysian History Who Shouldn't Be Forgotten by Tara Theagarigjan, mm. I'm really good at that, <laughs> a book called Women's Art of the British Empire, and shamefully, Wikipedia. <gasps> because fuck you, Sage. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Yeah bitch (laughs) (laughs) so i had a hard time cobbling together stuff about her okay but that's why i used two books yeah (laughs) so i almost didn't cover her Mm -hmm. because i didn't think there would be enough to talk about oh but after some contemplating i thought she's cool fuck it yeah let's let's do do it okay so here we go Khadijah Sadiq was born in West Sumatra, Indonesia in 1918 to a Min Kabu family, which is an indigenous ethnic group in Indonesia. Hmm. She was the 10th child out of 12 children Holy in moly. the family, and she was the oldest daughter. Being the oldest daughter had its perks because the Min Kabu are a matrilineal society. Oh, throwback to last episode when i couldn't say it (laughs) that's just this podcast that you're asking for (laughs) and fun fact uh they are the largest matrilineal matrilineal society in the world oh wow yeah not a lot of them left yeah unfortunately but that's very exciting that's the biggest one yeah i thought it was cool Mm -hmm. that's why i put it in excellent (laughs) fun fact (laughs) Uh, so Khadijah grew up in a culture that highly valued the role of women, and this set the standard for her understanding of women's roles in life. She was educated at a Dutch school in Indonesia, 
And during her time in school, there was a huge shift in everyday life due to a little thing called World War II. Oh. Just a little thing. Uh, the dot... The Dutch colonizer. <laughs> Love those Dutch. <laughs> Love the Dutch. <laughs> Go get some Dutch bros after this. <laughs> <laughs> some like deep valley girl oh my god i love the dutch bros y'all want to get some blue rebels and just like drive <laughs> <laughs> what i was trying to say was was uh-huh. the dutch colonizers in the area were ousted by the now japanese colonizers and it wasn't good Neither of the colonizers were great (laughs) as history, you know, but the Japanese were particularly brutal at this time. Uh, Shortly after Japanese occupation began, a previously suppressed Indonesian independence movement was like revived and brought to the forefront. Mm -hmm. It was during this period that she lost eight of her 10 brothers in combat as a result of the World War II fighting and the Malay War of Independence. Oh, my God. Which was happening at the same time. That's fucking devastating. Yeah. That lot of unrest in that time. Mm -hmm. But Khadijah is a powerful woman. Mm -hmm. And so during this time, she began to mobilize all the women in the area that were being brutalized by the Japanese colonizers. Pissed off, she founded a woman's paramilitary army called, right, (laughs) Patui, uh, Pateri Kesati. Tira. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Puteri Kesateria. Okay. <laughs> Danny is mocking me and we're going to ignore her. <laughs> Anyways, what I was just trying to say, say means princesses of the knights. Oh. And then the knights being K. Yes. And not Kniggets. That sounded like a slur. <laughs> it's from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> it just kind of came out because it makes me laugh. I'm really sorry. I'm okay. Your eyes did get a little big. <laughs> well, it was just so loud. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> the princess of the knights. <laughs> Any of our listeners who can back me up on this, please do. Please share. <laughs> because, uh, I I would love to hear from you if you if you got it <laughs> because I think it's very funny. <laughs> Okay. Anybody who tries to convince me that what Cassie said was true and real, I'm gonna, I'm gonna block. <laughs> Blocked. Ignore. Um, anyways, the Princess of the Knights mm-hmm. were involved in the fights for independence. Nice. Yes. When the wars came to an end, Khadijah's personal studies gravit- Oh, also, when the wars came to an end, I believe the British took over- <laughs> Yeah, so I it think wasn't, so. <laughs> it wasn't like the independence war wasn't successful yet. Mm-hmm. When the wars came to an end, 
Khadijah's personal studies gravitated back to anti-colonial feminism, which what good for you? What they were before, and I forgot to mention that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and in an effort to identify with Malaysian women mistreated in polygamous marriages, she became a second wife to a 48-year-old surgeon and freedom fighter. Which, like... What? (laughs) Wait. So she was like, I'm learning a lot about women mistreated in polygamous relationships. Uh I'm gonna get in one. So I'm gonna become the second wife to a guy. Oh. To try and identify with that. Okay. And I thought, I, I really struggled with reading that. <laughs> I thought maybe if something wasn't translated uh-huh. correctly or whatever, it's wild. I don't... I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a deep dive into your research, I suppose. Right, but... Whatever. It was weird that, what yeah. was happening. Oh, I'd like to put an addendum on that. Polygamous oh. marriages mm-hmm. with the big M seem like they have more, like, a lot more issues surrounding them Mm -hmm. than polyamorous relationships. Mm -hmm. That's just, I would, because that's something that I think about a lot is, like, "Mm, when you, when you put laws into it and make rules and, you know, make it a thing, that seems to be asking for more trouble than just being in, like, an open you know, mm-hmm. respectful relationship with other people. Yeah. So, okay. Anyway, continue. Yeah. And it did ended up being fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was just like, what? I just had, I, yeah, we're going to move on. Okay. Soon after she was married, Khadijah and her husband moved to Singapore. She was incredibly dis- disturbed by the oppression that women were facing in Singapore under the British colonial rule, and so she became determined determined to do something about it. She looked into the eyes of the colonizer before, and she had something to say. So these British bitches were jump changed to her, <laughs> and she was going to say something to them. Good for her. She began teaching underprivileged women who hadn't been able to receive any basic education, um, housekeeping skills, other essential needs, and politics. Oh. And her goal was to give these women agency in their own lives and inform th- inform them of the political rights that they deserve mm-hmm. and that they were being robbed of soon after her own endeavors did i say did i put a b in there <laughs> <laughs> it's all the swedish you're mixing up your b's and your v's i get it <clears throat> to those listening we had swedish pancake balls <laughs> Apple skivers you didn't miss a woman who was swedish <laughs> Ebelskeepers. <laughs> what are they? Ebel. Ebel. Skivers. Skivers. Yeah. Ebel skivers. Ebel skivers. Yeah. They were really good. Good job, Cassie. Thank you. <laughs> they were. They were very pretty, too. They were perfect little orbs of dough. Mm. Thanks to that fancy pan I have. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? Endeavors. Soon after her own endeavors to help underprivileged women, she found out about a women's welfare group that was active in the area and joined them. They were called the Indonesian and Malay Women's Assembly, H-I-M-W-I-M for short, hmm. which I'm assuming is the... Himwim. Well, I put Himwim for short. <laughs> what a fun Great moment. minds. 
Hamilton. Um, and this group specifically gathered to stir up the liberation sentiment in Malaysian and Indian Indonesian women residing in Singapore. Oh, okay. Well, you know who this pissed off? Everybody. Them colonial overlords. <laughs> Those bastards. Uh, Khadijah and other organizers with Ham Wim got on the British colonial administration's radar and not in a good way. Mm. After only a year of organizing with them, she was imprisoned under the Emergency Act in 1948. The fuck? Under number 22,542, she entered into the Outram Road prison without a trial. Over a year into her imprisonment, she faced a tribunal, and then four months later she was released. She had spent two years total in prison, and during this time, she gave birth to her daughter, right there in the cell. Oh, shit. Right. (laughs) At the end of her prison sentence, she was exiled from Singapore for ten years. Oh. And it's said that she had to reside in a certain part of Malaysia. Okay. But Singapore... Oh, what did I... I didn't write this down, and I should have. Singapore is a city-state. Yeah. So it's not... Nece- I don't understand how Singapore was able to be like, okay, now you have to live here in another country <clears throat> for... It's like house arrest, but how do you have that jur- jurisdiction over another state? That's a good question. Like, you would assume that when you're exiled, you're just be like, you're out. Yeah. You can't come back. We don't care where the fuck you go. Right. But you can't be... Here. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but they made her stay in southwest Malaysia. Okay. And so she did. And she stayed there with her in-laws and recovered from, quote, jail sickness, which I'm not sure what it entails. Probably includes dysentery. (laughs) Real honest? Seriously? Yeah, I guess it's dirty. Like, yeah, they didn't. Mm -hmm. It's a prison cell in 1946. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking... I don't know. I thought it would be more like a mental I, well, recovery, yeah, which it could sure. have been. And it also, I also thought maybe, like, torture is not out of the question. Mm-hmm. So. I'm sure she just had a lot of healing to do, whether yeah. it be, like, physical, mental, emotional. Mm-hmm. They fucked her over. So. Yeah. That's a And thing. she had to give birth. Yeah. In one of those cells. That's hard to do in a hospital. How do you know? But in a cold, dark prison cell i've seen movies <laughs> i've seen f- what's that movie Catherine heigl and seth rogan knocked up yep i've seen knocked up mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and during this recovery time so she was recovering she gave you know all that stuff mm-hmm. she was approached by the united malays national organization head tunku abdul rahman rahman and invited to join the organization with the purpose of rejuvenating women's ish- interest in the organization. Oh. She agreed, and in April 1953, she became a member of UMNO's Congress. Nice. In 1954, she then became UMNO's third-serving president. Immediately shot up in the <laughs> You're a member? Now you run the shit. You, exactly. <laughs> She was known for her passionate and fiery orating skills and radical beliefs that women should have more space in politics. 
That was a direct quote. Radical belief. damn, what a radical thing that she's thinking. A woman should have more space in politics. Whoa. Watch out. Uh, (laughs) Khadijah formally proposed to increase the number of women in Congress. However, this proposal was met with anger and disgust by the male delegates. At another time, on the General Assembly floor, she openly questioned why no woman was selected to be on the Supreme Council, despite their large contribution to the party. And she accused the male leaders of purposefully excluding women from politics. Khadijah then took it upon herself to travel from village to village, talking to women and rousing their spirits. She was a well-known anti-colonist, and her inspiring speeches encouraged more women to join politics and become leaders in their areas. Damn. Yeah. And she was, it was, her travels were met with success, and the women wings, the women's wing of the party grew substantially. And I think one, one source said specifically 10,000 women Oh my gosh! Just from her going from like village to village, mm-hmm. they were like, "Okay, let's let's get in there." Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, however, this demographic was not represented in the party's central leadership, and she wasn't going to let others ignore that. However, she was <laughs> severely outnumbered on account of the fact that she was one of the only women in the organization, and within two weeks, the local UMNO cell, many of them aristocrats ousted Khadijah for revealing, like, the meeting minutes Uh of the Supreme Council. But then they took it back and she was reinstated. Okay. Because they didn't have the proof that she did that. Oh. And then in 1955, she was the only woman holding a post on the Legislative Council. Oh, my gosh. She accused the male hierarchy of fearing a radical pro-equality agenda, and of relegating women to the roles of vote-getters and collectors of membership fees. Mm. Her husband died in 1955, and this left Khadijah a poor widow struggling to support three children, but she never stopped fighting for women's rights and their, the message that they need to be represented in mm-hmm. government. In November 1956, a subsequent ouster removed Khadijah from chairing the woman's wing. Uh-huh. And then she was ousted because male officers accused her of indecorous behavior and woman's advocacy. <laughs> they sound like a real fucking lovely people. Right. Not. And she was actually... I think she was replaced by another woman mm-hmm. who wasn't as outspoken oh she was more quiet and mm. less uh less in your face about the injustices being being done right and, and they she, were like she's okay right she wasn't demanding that women uh-huh. have that representation <laughs> yeah yeah so it wasn't i would be salty <laughs> i would be very fucking salty i would be the salt of the sea <laughs> that happened to me <laughs> At the Independence Parade on August 31st, 1957, female politicians championed their former leader and wept in public. In October 1958, she joined the Pan-Malaysian Islamic Party and won the next election. In May 1969, she ran as an independent but then lost and then decided to abandon politics. But then that was a lie because in 1972, <laughs> she reclaimed membership in UMNO. 
After releasing her, one of her memoirs a few years later, she died at the age of 64. Hmm. There wasn't much about her her later life, mm-hmm. but she did a lot. Damn, yeah. She was a badass woman. I love, look, I love a woman who fucking gets loud, mm-hmm. who says exactly what she fucking means, mm-hmm. and is like, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And she... The first article that I was reading, um, and I think it was the Four Amazing Women, yeah, Four Amazing Women in Malaysian History, mm-hmm. I was reading that to try and figure out who I was going to choose, hence, okay. hence the four women, uh-huh. and she's considered one of, her and the four other people are considered, like, the founding mothers oh, okay. of Malaysia, so she's given her dues. Yeah, yeah. Because she wouldn't let people ignore her, mm-hmm. and that's fucking great. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. All right. Who are you doing? Who am I doing? So, like I explained to you, mm-hmm. when I made my list and I found a bunch of countries that we never talked about, mm-hmm. so I was like, Sweden. Okie dokie. Because on New Year's Day, I made Ebel Skivers. Ebel Skivers. Eb- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scooby Doobers. Whatever you want to call them. Um, <laughs> We went to Ikea <laughs> oh. and got duvet covers, meatballs, and lingonberry jam, mm-hmm. like you do. Yeah. And came home and made these apple skivers, and so I was like, damn, these are good. Sweden. Okay, this works. Let's, <laughs> let's put these two together. And I have read this whole book mm-hmm. that you gave me, mm-hmm. Bygone Badass Broads, 52 Forgotten Women Who Changed the World by Mackenzie mm-hmm. Lee. Mm-hmm. It has beautiful illustrations by Petra Erickson. Everybody should check this book out. It's Yeah, it's really good. So she's in this book, and she is King Christina of Sweden. Okay. I'm trying to think if I... She's a... Wow. She's a, she's a wow. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. So, uh, like I said, she's in Bygone Badass Broads. I also read an article from thoughtco.com called Christina, Unconventional Queen of Sweden by Joan Johnson Lewis. And also an article from headstuff.org called Queen Christina of Sweden, Lesbian Troublemaker <laughs> by Sheeran, uh, by Sheeran Conliffe. Okay. And also just a, just a pepper in a little bit of Wikipedia because why not? Fuck you, Sage. Exactly. <laughs> I honestly, sometimes I use it as a source just to say it. (laughs) Sage hates me so much. (laughs) Okay, so. (sighs) Christina was born in the royal castle Tre Kronor in Stockholm, Sweden on December 18th, 1626. Her parents were the Swedish king Gustavus Adolphus. And his German wife, Maria Eleonora. The couple had lost two previous infants, so they were overjoyed when the queen became pregnant again. When the baby was born, it was first thought to be a boy, as it was, quote, hairy and screamed with a strong, hoarse voice. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck that has to do with anything. Babies come out hairy all the time. But... 
She had a really long clitoris. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you just came at us. I am three sentences in. I'm going to need you to fucking dial it back. Because I was sitting here and I was like, what? <laughs> What's the reason they would think a little baby girl was a boy? And the two reasons you gave me weren't sufficient. No, they're not <laughs> sufficient at all. To be like, oh, it's Harry and it's screaming with a deep voice. Like, it's a baby. It's gross. It just came out of a vagina. I'm I'm Harry and I scream with a deep voice. <laughs> <laughs> Not a boy. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I said the first thing that came to my mind without the filter being in place. And I, I apologize. Look. I publicly apologize. Delete it. You don't have to. No, <laughs> leave it in. We're, we are not going to shame you for this. I'm going to shame myself. <laughs> I understand babies have clitorises, but I didn't need to talk about a baby's clitoris. <laughs> We just keep talking about it more. I'm moving on. Christina later wrote in her autobiography that, quote, Boy, I got a long <laughs> I'm done. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm really sorry. <laughs> we have had nothing to drink. I want to make this. We are stone sober. Christina later wrote in her autobiography, not that. Quote, deep embarrassment spread among the women when they discovered their mistake. <laughs> so they all went, oh, actually, it's a girl. Okay. <laughs> the king was very happy, stating, quote, she'll be clever. She has made fools of us all. Aw, <laughs> that's nice. Isn't it cute? Like, there's so many stories of kings losing their shit because they have a daughter. Yeah. And he was like, great, lover. <laughs> The king loved his daughter very much and wanted her to have every opportunity in life. So from the day she was born, the king recognized her as his heir. And mm. although she was called a queen, the official title that she held as of, like, as of her coronation mm -hmm. was king. So Damn. call her queen all you want, but she's a fucking king. Hey. <laughs> Okay, so, before King Gustav left for Germany to go fight in the Thirty Years' War, he secured Christina's right to inherit the throne and ensured that she would receive the very best education. You know, just in casey's. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, he did not make it home alive. Aww. The king had perished on the battlefield, so his corpse, naturally, was brought home in a coffin with his heart in a separate box. And I tell you what, when I read that, all it made me think of was the meme with the evil queen from Sleeping Beauty opening the box with that look on her face that just says, who put a dick in this box? <laughs> It was a heart. <laughs> okay. Whew. Okay. I am being corrected for everyone who's listening. It was the evil queen from Snow White, not from Sleeping Beauty, because that is Maleficent. I I stand corrected. It was Michelle Pfeiffer, not true. <laughs> Angelina Jolie. <laughs> okay. So... 
King's Dead came home in a box. Oh, his heart came home in a box. The rest of them came home in a clock in a coffin. <laughs> a coffin. <laughs> came home in a coffin. His body came home in a coffin. <laughs> and his his hat came home in a box. <laughs> in a box, you know. Jesus Christ! Should I get into voice Where? acting? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't say words. <laughs> Fifteen takes into one sentence, they'd be like, "Can we get a replacement here?" I, you're right. <laughs> We're never gonna make it through this. Episode. I want to know about her so bad. Okay, heart in a box. Heart in a box. Him in a coffin. By this time, the queen Maria had gone a little off her tits and had a really violent temper. Ooh. So. Things were not going great for her. Mm-hmm. Maria ordered that the king should not be buried until she could be buried with him. She also demanded that the coffin be kept open, and she went to see it regularly, taking no notice of the decomposing king inside. Oh, that's really sad. It's very sad and creepy and not great. She needed to talk to somebody. <clears throat> yeah. The royal chancellor eventually could just not deal anymore, and the king's remains were buried about 18 months later. Oh, wow. This, yeah. This was all when Maria was, like, five. She was very young. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not a real healthy thing going Thing on. happening. Um, so here's just a few quick highlights uh, that I wanted to mention. So <laughs> I put Maria was not super, <laughs> which is probably why the king had made sure that in the event of his death, his half-sister Catherine would care for Christina and his half-brother would rule as regent. He was like, my wife's fucking nuts. <laughs> Don't let her take care of the kid. Don't let her rule the country. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, he did her dirty. He did. <laughs> this pissed Maria off. Yeah. Um. So she banned Catherine from the castle. But then the chancellor, who has already dealt with enough of her shit, exiled her to a different castle. Aww. He basically put her in timeout and told her to get her shit together. <laughs> you know who she'd get along with? <laughs> What's her? So many people. No, Gracia Mendez's yeah. sister. Yes, she would. <laughs> who just Whose scorned women. <laughs> gave her child to her sister exactly. and her four- mm-hmm. Aw, They should join a club. Brianda and Maria would really hit it off, I bet. After the death of her Aunt Catherine, uh, Christina was put in the care of four different women who who all shared the responsibilities of raising the heir to the throne. So there were, like, two women in charge of, like, her day-to-day needs, right? Mm -hmm. And then there were two, like, governesses. So it's just this whole gaggle of women raising her. Christina was, was educated like a prince would have been. Johannes Gothus, a theologian, became her tutor and gave her lessons in religion, philosophy, mathematics, Greek, and Latin. And then the chancellor, Oxenstierna, taught her politics and history. Hmm. Oxenstierna took great pride in his pupil and wrote, quote, She is not at all like a female. <laughs> um, and that she had, uh, and that she had a bright intelligence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Okay, Christina loved to learn and was happy to study for ten hours a day. 
Besides Swedish, she learned at least seven other languages. German, Dutch, Danish, French, Italian, Arabic, and Hebrew. Jesus. Uh, she would also wrestle, fence, ride horses, and go bear hunting. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. How'd she I go- didn't know there were bears in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Guys, the look on both of your faces just now makes me feel like a fucking idiot. I want you both to know that. <laughs> you both just knew there were bears in Sweden? <laughs> like... God damn it. <laughs> I feel your judging eyes. I want you to know that. It was silent. It sure was. Okay. All right. Here we go. God damn it. This is going to be the longest episode. I have so much more to read. I'll, I'll okay. be good. So. Real quick, I didn't write a bunch of this down because I was like, I can sum this up quickly. Long story short, Chancellor Oxenstierna was a bad fucking guy. Mm-hmm. He was warmonger. He was just like, let's keep this 30 years war going, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Christina was like, nope, that's not going to happen. So there was this big like peace summit that was coming up. Oxenstierna went behind Christina's back and sent his son uh. to go to the peace summit and be like, here's why Sweden wants to keep warring. Mm-hmm. And Christina double-crossed his double-cross <gasps> and sent her own guy to fucking be like, this isn't what we want. We want peace. We don't want to fight with Denmark or anybody anymore. And oh so eventually the 30 years war ended. And they were no longer... In the battle. And then she kicked Oxenstierna to the fucking curb. Oh, nice. All right. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy for real. <laughs> but a guy. <laughs> but a guy. Also, we need to check on the spelling of that because we want to put it on a button. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In 1648, Christina began collecting a shitload of cool stuff. The very first thing she did, she commissioned 35 paintings from probably Jacob. But it's Jacob Jordans. That's how I'm going to say it. <laughs> for <laughs> To do all these paintings for a ceiling in the Uppsala Castle. Christina then founded Ordinary Post to Gender, which is the regular Mail Times, which is the oldest currently published newspaper in the world. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. That's cool. 1648. It's a very old newspaper. Damn. After the Battle of Prague, her armies looted Prague Castle (laughs) and brought back 760 paintings, 170 marble, and 100 bronze statues, 33,000 coins and medallions, 600 pieces of crystal, 300 scientific instruments, and over 100 art books of different kinds, including two super famous manuscripts... The Codex Gigas, mm. which is sometimes called the Devil's Bible. Oh. And the Coge- Codex Argentius, which is like the actual Bible. It's oh. like a fourth century manuscript 
of a translation of the Bible. Oh, my God. Also, when I wrote these, I was like, this is fucking, like, Da Vinci Code shit. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what she's taken, but it's probably very expensive and in a museum now. Yeah. I like to think that she was most excited about the beakers. Oh, she was thrilled. <laughs> she was like, gadgets? What are these? <laughs> gadgets galore. Mm-hmm. Test um, tube. <laughs> Christina was also interested in theater and fancied herself an amateur actress. Hmm. The Italian architect Antonio Brunati was ordered by Christina to build a theater in one of the larger rooms of her palace. The court poet Jörg Stirnhalm wrote several plays in Swedish and Christina starred in them as the goddess Diana. She invited dance troops, musicians, singers, and poets from all over Europe to play on her stage. Christina was living an exciting life, surrounded by famous, intelligent, adventurous, talented people. Her extensive collections reflected her passion for all things creative and thought-provoking. So understandably, she was not really into the idea of marriage. She knew that she could be expected to provide an heir to the throne, and in fact, was briefly and secretly engaged to her cousin Charles before he went off to war. Hmm. Christina wrote in her autobiography that she felt, quote, an insurmountable distaste for marriage. (laughs) 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 And as early as nine years old, she had proclaimed her dislike for men in general. (laughs) Get it, girl. Like, she she read some kind of Catholic, something about Catholic popes mm-hmm. and, like, you know, their vow of celibacy. And she's like, yeah, I'm into that. That sounds great. <laughs> As she was always preoccupied with her studies, she was not practicing good self-care. <laughs> she slept for three to four hours a night, mm. forgot to comb her hair, dressed in a hurry, and wore comfortable shoes. Oh, and then God I put... <laughs> But then I put, sounds like me every damn day. <laughs> I only speak the truth. <sighs> Wait. My, my family is doing this thing, which it, whoever loses the most weight in this, like, certain amount of months, mm-hmm. the other people owe them $100. Oh. Yeah. Or $100 in total. So 25 oh. each. Gotcha. And... My mom was talking about, like, yeah, I was reading some articles, and it says the more sleep you get, like, it's good for weight loss. And my sister, Brittany, was like, I get 12 hours of sleep a day, and I'm the biggest one. (laughs) I think that's a lie. (laughs) That's what that just reminded me of. I'm sorry. God damn it. I love Brittany. Brittany. I've only met her once, and I'm like... Gem, you're great. <laughs> Brittany's the best sister. <laughs> Out of Tyler all doesn't of us. listen, it's cool. Out of all of us. <laughs> I'm including myself in there. <laughs> okay. Christina wore her hair cut very short and more often than not wore wigs. Ooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> big ones. Real big ones. Nice. Into her adult years, she could be found donning a fancy men's jacket and a cravat. And had a very tomboy, like, aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So, real quick, there, there's been, like, a bunch of speculation about not only her gender, but also her sexuality. Mm. 
there's been discussion, like I said, about her gender. Mm -hmm. Was she actually a man? Could she maybe have been an intersex individual? But you know what? No one will ever know. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't fucking matter. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you don't ask people about their genitals. (gasps) Exactly. Exactly. Bring it back. Exactly. It's also not our business. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Fucking live her life. It's also been thought that she was a lesbian, which is probably true, mm-hmm. or p- maybe bisexual, mm-hmm. but on- quite honestly, is 1600s, the way people wrote things mm-hmm. and presented themselves, nobody really knows. We do know that she had a lady love mm-hmm. in her life for almost, like, her entire life. Hmm. Okay. But again, nobody will really know for sure quote what she was but it doesn't matter she's beautiful and perfect just the way she is hell yeah so her closest lady friend was named ebba spar whom she called bell hmm. they shared a bed it's probably not all they shared <laughs> <laughs> they were really close girlfriends that's uh, nice you never hear about friendship like that anymore <laughs> you sure don't um <laughs> yes <laughs> like you guys Exactly. Roommates. <laughs> exactly. However, she did have a man beheaded for calling Ebba a Jezebel. So, I don't know. Wait, what do you not know? I. That there are bears and. Shut up! <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> okay. Even after Christina left Sweden, <laughs> the two wrote long, passionate letters to each other and would profess their undying love. And then I said, hashtag ride or die. (laughs) For real. On February 26th, 1649, Christina announced that she would not marry and instead wanted her cousin Charles to be heir to the throne. Uh, She said, quote, I do not intend to give you my reasons. I am simply not suited to marriage. The councils refused, (laughs) and so Christina agreed to stay on the condition that they would never ask her to marry anyone again. A few years later, though, the council finally conceded, and at just 26 years old, Christina officially abdicated her throne on June 6, excuse me, 1654. (laughs) Yeah, so she really just poofed. She was just like... Okay. I'm over it. <laughs> that was fun. Exactly. On to the next one. Yeah. So shortly after leaving the throne, Christina left Sweden. Oh, God. She packed up and shipped all of her valuable books, paintings, statues, and tapestry from her Stockholm castle. She left on horseback, dressed as a man, and rode through Denmark. She mm-hmm. already was doing that just as her, like, <laughs> cash everyday look. Uh-huh. But she specifically was... Disguise. I think they probably put like a fake beard or something on her <laughs> because it would have like as there was still a lot of high tension yeah. between Denmark and Sweden. Mm-hmm. And they were like, they can't know you're a former queen. Mm-hmm. That's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she made stops in Hamburg, Hamburg, Hamburg and the Dutch Republic before settling in Antwerp, which we found out is in. Belgium. Belgium. Thank you. <laughs> I almost said the Netherlands. <laughs> I told you. It's over there somewhere. So while she's in Antwerp, 
She's riding horses. She's going to parties every night. She converted to Catholicism. Wild. All that fun stuff. (laughs) (laughs) After nearly going broke, uh, because... She was like, I have all this shit, but I have no money. Mm -hmm. And she was getting very small amounts of essentially, like, alimony. You know, or (laughs) she was making money because she used to be the queen. (laughs) She was getting unemployment. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly. She had to report. (laughs) Things got messy. Anyway, so she's nearly going broke because she's partying too hard. So she sold some of her silverware and jewelry, got her squad together, and headed to Rome. Hmm. Once there, she was invited to the Vatican Basilica, where the Pope gave her her first confirmation. Also, she was given a fancy-ass wing of the Vatican. Like, they were just like, here you go. (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know. That's all I could get. This feels... I feel like back in the day, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, it's sort of how I walked into my graduate, not my graduation, but graduated. <laughs> I could have just walked into the Vatican and been like, I'm here. I'm here. What's I up? ruled that place over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do it, I get my it, wing? Reading this, I was like, this can't be real. Like, I was just I, flabbergasted. It gets crazier. Oh. Gave her a fancy ass wing of the Vatican, which is like a whole city. Don't know if you know, the Vatican is a city. So they were like... This whole <laughs> this whole part is yours. Vatican City is a city, but there's a Vatican City. Yeah. Oh, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. But you know what I mean. No. I don't know. I don't know. Is Pope I don't know. Probably. Or he just live in his city somewhere. Look, I'm gonna read you the next sentence. The Pope doted on her. And everyone around the Pope and in the Vatican City and in Rome, everyone wanted to be around this Swedish mystery. So they would help. They held parties. They did jousting and duels. They had festivals, plays, feasts. Like, they went full Coachella for her. Why? <laughs> I, I don't have an answer for you. Reading all of the ep- uh, the articles and uh-huh. this and everything, I can't, other than she used to be a queen, I literally have no idea why everyone was fawning all over. She must have been so charming. So charming. She had the most <laughs> amount of, like, lesbian swagger. Everybody That's what she had. It's true. Um. It, it had to have been. <laughs> so, all of this is happening. However, Christina was like growing anxious she was officially a catholic Mm -hmm. and since she had converted she would no longer be receiving any money from sweden because they're protestants yeah so they were like uh sorry that's not happening so she needed a source of income and freedom from her homeland she wanted to cut those ties Mm -hmm. so her attentions turned to king henry the 14th of france to get him to help her Mm-hmm. Become the queen of the kingdom of Naples. <laughs> so he bas- she basically went to King Henry the Fourteenth and was like, I have a plan. Here's my resume. Exactly. <laughs> I was a queen. I'm not right now, but I would love the position. So basically, uh, the, she wanted to run 
the kingdom of Naples so that Spain couldn't have it. Because that's who was fighting over Naples at the time. Yeah. I love to say Naples. It makes me... It makes me so happy to say Naples. Because it sounds like nipples. It sure does. And it makes <laughs> I mean, to like... I read you like a book. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so they tried it. They did a little test run. Things didn't go well. So some shit went down and led to the death of this beloved Italian general mm-hmm. who was a traitor to the Naples crown. Mm-hmm. So she took responsibility for it. It wasn't great. Um, the Italians were enraged. <laughs> the Pope was like, I don't know her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and no one wanted to be associated with her. Oh, rough. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, between 1660 and 1666, that's a lot, <laughs> she bounced around from Sweden to Rome, back to Sweden, and then to Hamburg. The Pope, who had loved her so much, mm-hmm. Alexander VII, had died, and the new and improved Pope, Clement IX, was elected. Hmm. She invited the new Pope to her home in Hamburg, and she threw a wild party, complete with fireworks and a wine fountain. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Whoa is right. However, the Lutherans were not at all happy to be hosting the new Pope in their city, so they Mm. crashed the party with guns, (gasps) threatened to kidnap Christina, but... She narrowly escaped in disguise through the back door. Oh, my gosh. So she pieced the fuck out of there. Oh, my gosh. And went back to Rome. Oh, my gosh. Probably with the Pope on her heels. Because he was like, I gotta get out of here, too. Get in the Pope mobile. <laughs> so Christina's last trip to Rome took place in November of 1668. She spent much time with this new Pope, Clement, And discussed theater, which they both loved very much. Mm -hmm. Um, And after his death in 1671, Christina established Rome's first public theater inside a former jail called Tor de Nona. Oh, wow. The new pope, after that pope died, Clement X was Mm. a real fart in a box. (laughs) (laughs) And he, uh, naturally, worried about the influence of theater on public morals. Aww. Yeah, a real buzzkill. So then he died eventually, because that's what they do. <laughs> when, innoc- when innocent... Popes die? Is that what they do? I mean, do? they're old guys. Yeah. So I can't imagine they're in there for very long. But I long. mean, it's not... Popes aren't special because they die. <laughs> I'm just saying, after... Three, three runs of them. made me lose my page. Okay. He died. Pope Clement, out of there. When Innocent, I can't believe his name is Innocent. When Innocent the Eleventh, I don't believe he was probably that innocent, became Pope, uh, things got even worse. He forbade women to perform with song or acting, and he forbade the wearing of a decollete dress, which basically just shows your decolletage, right? Nah, he sounds bad and boring. He, yeah. So, Christina thought this was some real bullshit, so she let women perform in her palace. Aw. I bet she did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, that was dumb. Okay. Christina continued to fight to end the persecution of all people, 
she gave artists, intellectuals, and revolutionaries a place for their voices to be heard. In February 1689, the 62-year-old Christina fell seriously ill after a visit to the temples in Campania and received the last rites. She, like, developed an infection and eventually pneumonia and a high fever. On her deathbed, she sent the Pope a message asking if he could forgive her insults. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, I don't really know how to take this, but I suppose if she's got one question to ask, you would be like, you're apparently the guy closest to God. Yeah. But Sorry. still alive. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, she died on April 19th, 1689. Christina had asked for a simple burial in the Pantheon, which is in Rome, <laughs> but the Pope insisted on her being displayed on, like, in a, like, memorial thing. Yeah. For four days at the Riario Palace. She was embalmed, covered with a white brocade, a silver mask, a gilt crown, and a scepter. Hmm. Quote, The queen wore a thin mantle, decorated with hundreds of crowns and fur bordered with ermine. Under this, a splendid garment in two pieces, thin gloves and drawers of knitted silk, and a pair of elegant textile booties. Oh, love a good booty. I don't know who said that, but it kind of makes me think of those people who judge people on the red carpet. And I'm like, who are you wearing? This is Joan Rivers. <laughs> oh, my God. You look gorgeous, darling, gorgeous. In similar fashion to the Pope's, her body was placed in three coffins. So, like, the Russian dolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the only thing I can... Of. So, one of cypress, uh, one of lead, and finally one made of oak. Uh, the funeral procession on May 2nd led from Santa Maria to St. Peter's Basilica, where she was buried within the, I, I think it's the, the Vatican Grotto? It's Grotta Vaticane. Wow. Anyway, um, she's only one of three women ever given this honor like oh to today there's only three women there oh wow yeah are all of the coffins in that grotto like a nesting doll i yeah i think so like there's a specific way that popes are supposed to be buried and they're lead i guess that's wild yeah i mean the whole story was there was a part (laughs) there was a part that i read that don't know if it's true because I only saw it one place, but apparently her like guts were in like a special urn on a big, a big high shelf. Hmm. Weird. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, she is fucking wild. Yeah. She, she just sort of did what she wanted. She did everything <laughs> she wanted. And there was nothing. And I suppose this comes with the privilege of being born into royalty. Right. But, like, this idea of someone telling her no, mm-hmm. I don't think it ever crossed her mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, she had the gall to ask for Naples. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, she just was like, I have a proposition for you. <laughs> right. But, like, 
It didn't hurt to ask, I guess. Right? And she, like, everybody just fucking let her do whatever she wanted to do. Like, when she moved from Sweden, Mm -hmm. she took all of the shit that she had spent, (laughs) you know, the Swedish people's money on. Yeah. Because she's the queen. Yeah. So she can do what she wants with the the country's money. But (laughs) she fucking took it all. (laughs) So when Charles became the fucking king, Uh they were like... (laughs) Where'd everything go? (laughs) I imagine it was like the Grinch who stole Christmas, like just came, she took everything and they were like, what happened here? (laughs) She was just a real wild card. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like she fought for the little guy and made sure like there, I I didn't put it, but somewhere in there, I think it was in Rome, she helped change the rules so you couldn't chase Jews on certain days. <laughs> like, <laughs> very strange things that it was like, what are you talking about? But yeah, like, she fucking looked out for people. She was, you know, she was a patron of the arts and was mm-hmm. like, I want you old- to do everything. Oldest newspaper? Yeah. So, very influential woman. What a story. Yeah. Oh, that was nice. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. I did too. I thought that was great. It took me four goddamn hours to write it. <laughs> That's when you when you have to do a particularly wild woman uh-huh. and we have to do that. It's just like how do you s- sort through all of these sources? I could have written four more pages, honest to god. That's why the whole part of with the chancellor and like mm-hmm. the double cross and the double double cross, mm-hmm. I was like, I need to sum this up in five seconds because I could write a whole page on this alone. <laughs> Let's just hit the main bullet points and get get across what happened. That was good. It was. Just, I like, you did a good job. I like thank, that. Thank you. B a n a n a s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all we got for this week. So. If you're into us, which we hope you are, mm-hmm. go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe. Give us those five stars. We would really appreciate that. You can go ahead and follow us on our social media accounts. We have a Facebook and Instagram at that Got Moxie and a Twitter at Got Moxie. And if you understood my Monty Python and the Holy Grail jokes... Please email us and let (laughs) these two know that I'm not lying. (laughs) But also, if you have comments, questions, suggestions. If you knew there were bears in Sweden, let's just take a poll. (laughs) (laughs) When I post this, I'll post a poll and be like, did you know? (laughs) Anyway. uh, Yeah, you can email us at thatbroadscottmoxie at Mm gmail.com. That's all. Okay. That's it. Bye. Bye. Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick into the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.